2: is something that happens in life, it happens in sports, and I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively.
0: This is where sports talk gets real.
2: That word, playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids.
0: And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs.
2: Hello everybody, I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs and welcome to our show here from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. If you're new to the show, I have been on the air for 28 years in Kansas City. The last 18 years here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. Our show is now syndicated in numerous cities around the country. And excited to talk with you each week as we get into the mental side of sports. And uh, I've had the privilege to be working as a sports psychologist now for 38 years. Work with athletes at all levels of competition from You sports all the way up to the Olympics and professional levels. And really enjoy doing this show because you know what it's about? It's about you. It's about how to help you get better dealing with your mindset, your attitude, your focus, your demeanor. We take calls. We get into discussions each week on this show. And what I love doing about this is helping people out with their mental aspect of, of sports. We talk about sportsmanship. We talk about mental preparation, attitudes, confidence, team building on this show, and I look forward to doing it with you each week as I mentioned. And today, we're very fortunate because I have two guests with me in studio who both spend a lot of time with golfers. And as it is now that time of year when the weather is turning, and in Kansas City, where our show is hosted, thank God the weather has changed because it's been icing and snowing and cold and windy, you name it. It's been non-golf weather, and, and now in the last few days, it's like somebody turned on the switch, the sun's come out, the grass is starting to grow, and golf balls are being hit outside, an amazing sound. Haven't heard that all winter. Joining me in studio today are two people who know a little bit about it. I've got Rob Shipman, who I've known for a long time. He's been a golf pro at the at the Rob Shipman Golf Institute at Milburn Country Club in Kansas City. He's been on the show with me several times over the past few years. Rob's coached over 60 state champions. That's right, 6-0. Quite a few people. He's given me lessons, and he knows golf inwards and outwards. He knows about the mental aspect. He knows how to teach. He works with people all over the country. And he is the guy who understands how to teach people, how to help them out. And also with me is Sarah Stout, who has a master's in exercise science. And she is a fitness instructor with the Titles Performance Institute, known as TPI. And she works at the National Golf Club in Kansas City, helping golfers out. So the two of them are here this morning. First of all, thank you both for being here.
3: Thanks for having me, Andy. Good to be here with you and Sarah. Yeah,
4: that's a nice morning.
2: Well, let's talk about... I I think it's only... Perfect that you guys are here today, because the weather has just changed, and especially Sarah, with what you do as a fitness in, fitness instructor, because people want to come out and start hitting golf balls, and obviously, I will I will predict there will be some people with pulled muscles this week. Rob, have you already seen it?
3: I think I might be one of those people.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, let, let let me start with you, Rob. People have been inside, maybe swinging their golf clubs somewhere. They haven't been out on a golf course here in Kansas City and around the country for the most part because no one's able to play. I know up north, like in Minneapolis, there's still lots of snow on the ground. There's flooding going to be going on. Um, so it's been a very frustrating winter for a lot of people who play golf if you're north of, of the southern states. So what do you say to people when they come in to take a lesson from you and they haven't hit a ball all winter, they haven't swung their club? And then we'll get to Sarah because that, what she does is so important. But, but what do you tell them as a, as a golf pro?
3: Well, anytime they walk in, it's constantly, you know, just take a club, take a wedge, hit some easy chip shots, hit some easy pitches, get the muscle stretching, get them warming up. You just don't want to grab a, a long club and start just hitting, um, even though, you know, Tom Watson, he says he always takes like a two or three iron and starts hitting it first. But I know if I did that, my back would break in two.
2: You think he's still doing that at his age?
3: The last time I, I was with him when he played, he did do that, which was maybe three or four years ago.
2: Well, he's a special person, and he's done some incredible things on and off the golf course with his charities in the Kansas City area, as well as his performance on the golf course. So we're not going to criticize anything Tom Watson does. No, but, that's right. But for most people, you would say don't do that. I, I couldn't <laughs> do it. I can tell you that. Well... Why do people want to do that? What, you want to grab your driver and you want to just start whacking it in there, right? Because that's what people want to do.
3: Everybody wants to grab the driver and whack it.
2: <laughs> so what do you say? You're, I mean, you've got people coming into your, into your st- golf studio to, to work on their game. They haven't, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've been working with people all winter, but people can start going outside now. So what do you say is a pro to them as far as getting started right now with the weather changing and being able to actually go out and, and play?
3: Well, generally when I have people and they're just just hitting, just warming up, I like them to start out with wedges and something that in your head you're not going to try to hit hard. I mean, you don't grab a sand wedge and think, I'm going to try to hit it 200 yards. So I like people to start with wedges and work on their impact positions as they warm up and then just move up through the swing. And as I've been out there on the tour and watch players, that's how 99.9% of them do it.
2: Okay, Sarah, you work on the fitness side with golfers. Mm-hmm. What do you think one of the biggest problems people have getting started in the springtime with their game is from a physical perspective? Uh,
4: I, well, I think golf fitness is increasing in, in popularity, and I think that it's important to work on your game both in and out of the gym. So, in that case, you should be working on strength and flexibility two to three times a week and also warming up and stretching before you play. Okay. Everybody wants to get to the club. They're short for time. They put on their golf shoes. They pull out their golf cart, and they head straight to the range.
2: So, when you say fitness and stretching, what do you mean?
4: Golf warm ups. I mean, 10 or 15 minutes of, you know, stretching out the back, um, using your, the TPI, uh, drills and exercises that you can find through the Titleist <laughs> Performance Institute. A lot of the stuff is very simple. You can warm up with your club, uh, you can stretch your back and stretch your, uh,
2: shoulders, hips. So people can find that online. Right. Sarah, do you
3: like the, uh, weighted club to warm up with? The heavy club?
4: Well, I, th- I think you can get there. I think you should start uh, with, with something light, though.
3: Because I teach a number of people, they have a heavy or weighted club in their bag, and mm-hmm. they'll just take it back. Or they'll put two clubs together, and they'll start swinging that at first. Do you mm-hmm. think that's a good idea or, or not?
4: Um, personally, what I've seen is uh, we, that would be fine uh, as long as you rotate flat and then, and then move into a, uh, a slanted or a rotation uh,
2: golf What's the, before we go to our first break here, what's the biggest issue, Rob, you find getting people at, you know out on the course now from a physical perspective? You know, in terms of getting ready to play going out to play in eighteen holes?
3: Well, in Kansas City it's the weather. But <laughs> no, it's um, just the just the anticipation, just what you expect out of your game at first. I mean it's golf's a hard game and you have to play and practice all the time to be any good at it and so you just gotta accept that you know, At the very beginning, it may not be as good as it was last summer.
2: Well, and that's something I think a lot of people mentally have to deal with because if you don't take the time to physically and mentally prepare in the right way, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to pull muscles, which is when people start seeing Sarah professionally to mm-hmm. work with them on their fitness. They're going to be coming taking a break from you because they can't swing a club. So I think one of the things that's important now is people take the time to physically and mentally get ready. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs I'm here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports. Today I've got two guests in the studio: Rob Shipman from the Shipman Golf Institute in Overland Park, Kansas, and Sarah Stout, who's a Tiles Performance Institute fitness instructor. She works with the National Golf Club in Kansas City. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
5: This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
0: Are you an athlete, competitor, or ordinary individual who wants to learn how to relax, build confidence, and think more positively? Then the 20 Minutes to Success series of digital downloads and audio CDs from sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs are perfect for you. 20 Minutes to Success will teach you techniques to help you succeed. Dr. Jacobs covers topics like deep breathing for better focus, confidence building, and positive visualization. The 20 Minutes to Success series includes programs for individual sports like swimming, running, tennis, and baseball. You can also target overall athletic performance or relaxation. For more information and to get 20 minutes to success on digital download or CD, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. That's winnersunlimited.com and click products. One more time, to get 20 minutes to success, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. The world of youth sports has grown tremendously in the last few years. And with that growth comes questions. What's the right age to let my child start playing? When should winning and losing become important? And how can the youth sports experience be fun? These questions and many more are addressed head on in sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs' book, Just Let Him Play, guiding parents, coaches, and athletes through youth sports. Written with Major League Baseball pitcher, Jeff Montgomery and Hall of Fame swimming coach, Peter Malone, Just Let Him Play tackles the issues that make youth sports increasingly difficult for parents, coaches, officials, and especially kids. Just Let Him Play explains the importance of winning and losing, success and failure, and why it's okay when not every athlete gets a trophy. For more information and to get your copy of Just Let Him Play, go to winnersunlimited.com and click Products. That's winnersunlimited.com and click Products one more time for your copy of just let him play go to winnersunlimited.com and click products
2: we first opened about 10 years ago we were we're small just a few of us but it was exciting i always dreamt of having my own business it was kind of slow at first but things started picking up we had big plans but in our wildest dreams we never
1: never thought we'd have this much work Yeah, with so many businesses caught off guard by the storm, Reed Waste Management has never been busier.
6: What will become of your business after a disaster? Nearly two-thirds of businesses aren't prepared for an emergency and forty percent of businesses that experience a disaster never recover. Make an emergency plan now before it's too late. For a free online tool that helps you develop an emergency plan to keep your business up and running should disaster strike, visit ready.gov forward slash business. Brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, the American Red Cross, and the Ad Council.
7: Most of my family, they never graduated high school or even let alone go to college, so I'm trying to break that barrier. My daughter, Brooklyn, was also a motivation for me to go back to school. Every day after work, went straight to school, studied hard, and, and it paid off.
8: At age 26, Kareem finished his high school diploma.
7: I could not have done it alone. I feel like if I didn't have anyone to push me, I wouldn't even bother to do it. I got one milestone down the drain, and now I got to work on the next. I see the future is really bright for me. I feel like it doesn't matter the age, as long as you go back and get it done. The high school diploma has just added to the confidence, and now I feel unstoppable.
8: No one gets a diploma alone. You have more support than you realize. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org, brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council.
5: This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
2: Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week. Our show is broadcast now around the country in a number of cities, and thank you for joining the show. I've got two guests with me today in studio Rob Shipman from the Shipman Golf Institute at Milburn Country Club in Overland Park, Kansas, and Sarah Stout, who is a Tylus Performance Institute fitness instructor, and she works at the National Golf Club in Kansas City. Both of them have a lot of experience working with golfers. Rob's coached, and listen to this, over 60, he said 65, high school state champions. So I'd say he knows a little bit about the golf swing. And I've taken lessons from him. He's he's helped me out tremendously. And since it's springtime, the weather's changing, people are starting to get out. We're talking about mentally and physically getting ready. So expectations. Expectations. Right now, people have, you know, expectations. The weather's great. I want to go out and play. I want to play 18. I haven't swung a club all winter. What do you say to them mentally? Rob, let's start with you. How do you get people mentally to get prepared to play?
3: Well, right now, Andy, is is high school golf tryouts, or or high school golf starting right now. And so with every kid that walks in there, we're constantly talking about expectations and what to expect, because the weather's going to be windy. The weather's going to be cold. The lies aren't going to be great. Lie meaning how your ball sits on the ground. The greens aren't going to be good. They're not grown in yet. It's it just you can't expect to shoot the scores you shoot in the middle of summer this time of year. You can't expect to hit fairways all the time. It's just the the lies are bad. The rough's going to be choppy. You know, you're going to get bad lies. So you just got to you know, understand that your score is not going to be as good, but try to make it as good as you can and don't get frustrated if you don't shoot even par every time out.
2: So the expectations a lot of these, especially high school kids have, are maybe a little bit out of whack in, in the sense that they want to be playing the way they want to be playing in the middle of June, and here it is early March. Yeah, it's Yeah, it's tough
3: here. I mean, if you look even out there on the tours, they can make those courses as long and tight as they want to, but when do their scores go up? when the wind blows and the weather gets bad.
2: Okay, Sarah, you work with, I know, a lot of female golfers as well as male golfers with their fitness. What are some of the expectations that a lot of these people have when they come in to talk to you about, you know, wanting to go out and play from a physical perspective?
4: Well, we start, the TPI, the, the Titus Performance Institute, has a uh, physical screen. So that is a good starting point for me or any other certified professional. Uh, to go through a list of what may be triggers for them physically, what may be slowing them down, what may be causing pain. And so what I start is to actually go through this and work with them on a one-on-one or group basis. Right now I I have a women's class when I'm doing twice a week, both group and one-on-one fitness. And, uh, you know, they want to hit good and they want to feel good. And that's what I help them do. Uh, Through these corrective exercises, that gets them moving better and feeling better.
2: What's What's the biggest for either of you in this? What's the biggest obstacle right now, mentally, with people you're working with?
3: They get frustrated. They think that they uh, the shots aren't as good as they want. It makes the game not fun. They don't quite understand the geometry. Golf is so counterintuitive, as you know, it's so counterintuitive. You swing left to make a ball go right. You swing right to make a ball go left. It's it just just Really, I didn't it. know that. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's just, it's it's a very difficult to understand. It's a rare golfer who can figure it out on his own. But yeah, they they hit and they it's it's for some people it's just hard to realize that it's not perfect all the time. It's never going to be perfect all the time. It's okay. hard to accept.
2: So, go ahead, sir. And
4: I playing through injury, playing through pain. A lot of the times, um, people with low back issues will continue. You know, to hit balls or continue to play, even though there's something bothering them.
2: I was just going to ask you what What do you think the most <laughs> common injury you low, encounter you encounter with golfers? Low back,
4: low back, especially
2: especially for older people like like mm-hmm. myself being even, well, in yeah, and 60s. even y-
4: younger clients too. And I think uh, with you know women too, but men especially will continue to push themselves through that frustration. Um, they'll continue to hit balls even though they're not hitting right. And they, they think if they just keep hitting that day that it's going to get better. And sometimes it doesn't get better. And then that frustration goes up, too.
2: Okay, Rob, I've you and I have known each other a long time. We've talked about this before. <coughs> you mentioned the word expectations. Let's throw parents into the picture here for a second. You're smiling as I yeah. say that. Okay. where Where's the common issue with with kids and their parents that you see today, your work with all these high school kids, sixty five state champions, so you know all about that probably better than anybody.
3: Well, I mean, there's some phenomenal parents out there, and then there are some that maybe are well meaning, <clears throat> but maybe not the best at what they do as far as their kids' golf game. And you know, with kids today, there's so much pressure. There's so much good players, and. Some of these golf teams are incredibly hard to beat, I and mean, there's some high school teams that would beat my college team. They're so good today. So parents want the best for their kids, but maybe they don't always go about it the best way, and they might end up putting more pressure on the kid than the kid already has on him without meaning to.
2: Okay, you teach up up to nine people a day mm-hmm. in an hour lesson per person. You're a very busy person a uh, golf pro teaching. When you have parents that come in with their kids, and I remember the last lesson I took from you a couple weeks ago, there was a, a young lady and her dad out there waiting to, to take a lesson after me. Um, what do you have to say to some of these parents sometimes to get them to calm down? Because you, you I, I know they'll come in and say, have expectations of what you're going to do for their kids. So how do you temper that and deal with that? You,
3: <clears throat> I just try to get them to trust the process and see the, um, the improvement. And improvement in golf is slow. I mean, if you... You know it takes years to learn how to play golf well, but you just have to trust the process and you can't fix it all one day and there's there's steps depending on the swing, there's steps you have to take and just be patient with it and hopefully it all works out.
2: okay, Sarah, from a fitness perspective, where would you jump in with that?
4: Uh, actually, what just popped into my mind was equipment and um, making sure that your clubs are the right size for you uh, they're the like things are fitted for you, the weight's correct and uh, You can get with a professional that will help make sure that you're using the right club.
2: You've mentioned low back injuries. Is that probably the the most common injury that you're dealing with as as a fitness instructor?
4: I think so because uh, a lot of the times, a lot of people have a hard time with the hip mobility. And, you know, if your hips come through your swing first, that's where you're going to fire and that's where you're going to get a lot of your power for your drives. And a lot of people, if they don't have that hip mobility, they're going to push through with their arms they're going to early extend and what happens to that is in a reverse spine angle <clears> is that <throat> the torque gets caught in the low back and uh, when the torque gets caught into the low back you're going to have a hard time um, maintaining a good swing over time I mean it may work for now but if it's not corrected over time you're going to end up with a lot of back pain
3: it, what? It's, oh. the, it's the age old question does playing golf hurt your back or does the way you play golf hurt your back you know. And then
2: how would you answer that?
3: Uh, well, you know, if if you look at the spine, and Sarah would be more uh, on this than I would, but you can swing the club in such a way the spine gets kind of crooked, and that that mm-hmm. um, when you rotate the the crookedness of the spine actually pinches the muscles, mm-hmm. and then once a inflamed muscle gets inflamed, inflammation begets inflammation, so that's mm-hmm. not going to get better. So, I think that there are ways you can swing the club that probably
2: put less pressure on the back i'm sports psychologist dr andrew jacobs my guests are rob shipman sarah stout we're talking about golf give us a call
5: this is the sports psychology hour
0: Are you an athlete, competitor, or ordinary individual who wants to learn how to relax, build confidence, and think more positively? Then the 20 Minutes to Success series of digital downloads and audio CDs from sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs are perfect for you. 20 Minutes to Success will teach you techniques to help you succeed. Dr. Jacobs covers topics like deep breathing for better focus, confidence building, and positive visualization. The 20 Minutes to Success series includes programs for individual sports like swimming, running, tennis, and baseball. You can also target overall athletic performance or relaxation. For more information and to get 20 minutes to success on digital download or CD, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. That's winnersunlimited.com and click products. One more time, to get 20 minutes to success, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products.
8: Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Um, hello, it's me. The designer jeans in your closet. The back of your closet. What am I doing here? Would you keep caviar in the back of your fridge with the ketchup and old milk? Yeah, I don't think so. So, what happened to us? I mean, have you seen my label? I used to summer in the Hamptons and now I'm stuck behind a pair of sweats. Sure, I never really fit you quite right, and one of my pockets is so small you can't even squeeze your hand into it, but it's all about the look, and I look good. I need to get back out on the scene so I can be seen. You know, going to fancy parties, getting expensive iced coffees, Sunday fun days, okay? So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference.
1: Your donations to Goodwill create new jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff, create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council.
5: This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
2: Yes, it's golf time. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to our show here at Sports Radio 810 WHB, our flagship station in Kansas City. We're on in a number of cities around the country, and I've been here for the last 18 years, the last 28 on radio in Kansas City, and practicing as a sports psychologist in my 38th year. I've worked with golfers forever. I've played golf since I was seven. Still don't have a hole in one, Rob. It's your fault. <laughs> Why is that? Okay, we're going to get into my, my stepfather, when of the most wonderful people I ever knew Les Duncan who belonged to and Country Club had seven holes in one in his life that's incredible which just yeah he passed away I <clears been>, think <throat> 12 years ago in his early 90s but he had seven holes in one he loved playing golf and now I love playing with him just a wonderful man but and you know golf, golf is a game that's a family game everybody can play you can play to your 90 you can start playing when you're four it's, it's one of the most exciting games out there and I think it's something, mentally, that requires a lot of preparation. Joining me today in studio are Rob Shipman from the Shipman Golf Institute at Bill Country Club, and Sarah Stout from the National Golf Club in Kansas City. Sarah is a Tiles Performance Institute fitness instructor and golf instructor. Rob Shipman, there's nobody better in Kansas City than him. He's coached 65 high school state champions. And if you'd like to give us a call, if you've got a question about your golf game, If you want to find out about the right fitness training program or physical lesson program, these are two experts in the studio who would be more than happy to talk to you. Okay, the mental side of golf. Obviously, I've dealt with this forever. And as I said earlier, golf's maybe the most frustrating sport there is out there because it looks so easy to just go out and hit that ball. But I watch people all the time. It goes left, it goes right. It pops up in the air. I have seen people throughout my life throw clubs, break clubs. I had a physician I was playing with years ago. He got so frustrated, he took his bag on the 15th hole at Oakwood Country Club and threw it in the lake. Very prominent doctor, as a matter of fact. He said, I'm done, and he he refused to finish the round. He just walked into the the clubhouse and said, I'm done. I mean... I would have gladly pulled those clubs out of the lake because they were a lot worth a lot more than mine. Okay. As a as a golf pro, Rob, what is the most frustrating thing you have to work with players on when you're teaching them?
3: Well, when when players get frustrated, that's the most frustrating thing because it's no fun to be around someone who's just frustrated and complaining and, you know, the like. So um, in, in
2: life, forget golf. But yeah, yeah,
3: exactly. So... You know, I think in golf, I'm, you know, when I'm dealing with kids, or it doesn't have to be a kid, anybody, um, just trying to make them understand the percentages of golf that if you look out on the PGA Tour, they average 60% of fairways hit, right? Six out of 10. And they, they hit 500 balls a day, all day, every day of their life, pretty much, right? So if they're hitting six out of 10 fairways, how many fairways are you really expected to hit? You know, if you're a golfer and you're hitting half the fairways, you're pretty good at golf. You know, same thing. Greens, putts made. I get kids all the time. You know, I pay. I missed. Uh, I shot seventy five. I should seventy two. I had three putts ten foot, and I missed them all. Well, if you look at the percentages, a ten foot putt is way below fifty percent make rate. Way below. You know, it's more like twenty percent make rate. So you, you know, just got to understand what's
2: really realistic and golf. So how do you get the people you're coaching? You can tell them that, but how do you get them to absorb that and understand that? Well, you, you, you know, you, you show them the percentages
3: for sure so they can see what those tour players, because, they, you know, you watch on TV, the tour players that are winning that week are the ones that are on their game. So you're seeing them hit fairways and greens and make all their putts. But, you know, there's 100 guys behind them that week that aren't doing that.
2: I always like to say this quote I heard from Jack Nicklaus years and years ago. He was here in Kansas City. Tom Watson used to put on a, uh, at Blue Hills Country Club, a, a charity event. And Nicklaus was here, I believe it was 1983. And he said something that I, that I actually wrote down. He said, when I shoot as close to a perfect round of golf as I can, and my score is going to be between 63 and 68 with five to eight mishits. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there thinking. Well, I'd love to have one of Jack Nicholas's miss hits because that'd be the best shot I ever hit. But basically, that means the average. If he shoots a score of 65, he's going to have five miss hits. That's one of every 13 shots from arguably, you know, the greatest golfer of all time. Greatest ever. Yes. So, so how do we equate that to the typical person you teach?
3: Well, if he's going to have that many miss hits, and he's playing and practicing, and he's the best, you got to be realistic with yourself. You're going to miss hit shots. You got You're going to hit shots. You're going to hit bad shots. You got to go play them from there. Um, the next shot's the most important golf shot, Bobby Jones. Right? The most important shot's your next one.
2: Well, I always tell people when I work with them from a mental perspective, you know, look out the front windshield, not the rearview mirror. And in the golf game, you have to do that. So that yes. Focus exactly. on the moment. Focus on the shot. You know, and, and that's where the whole mental preparation part comes in. And, Sarah, I'm going to get to you in a second with this whole with the physical perspective. Yeah, don't
3: let the bad shot you just hit affect the shots you're getting ready to hit, which is exactly what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, because too many people, you know, hit a bad shot, then they're ticked off, they slam their club in the ground, they go to the next shot, they've got that neg- negative image in their mind. From a physical perspective, isn't it the same thing? You've, if you're not feeling right, you've got to do something to get yourself feeling better. And maybe that pain won't go away, but you can play through it, Correct.
4: Right, and I think uh, what I'm hearing from you guys too is is practice makes perfect. Uh, You can't can't play once a week and and expect to to have the same results as if you were practicing three times a week.
2: Sure, you can. Come on, why not?
4: You know, it's it's (laughs) the the best pros are the ones that have dedicated to their cause. You know, um, they they work consistently on all aspects of the sport. You know, in the gym and
3: I would expand on that too. It's perfect. Practice makes perfect. You can practice wrong. Yeah, you know, just hitting exactly. balls. Right. Just hitting balls is not going to make Technique. you better. In, fact, in yeah. fact, if you're practicing wrong, practice is worse than no practice at all.
2: Well, you know, I have I have people that come in my office all the time that ask me, you know, I'm a perfect or will tell me I'm a perfectionist. I'll ask them are you a perfectionist? They'll say yes. And then I say, "Well, who's perfect?" You know, typically they'll say God, and I go, "Okay, what human being have you met is perfect?" Then they look at me, "Well, nobody." Okay, so if nobody's perfect, why are you trying to be perfect? You're trying to be something you can't be. So, you know, that's where I always focus on, the you know, I call it TNS, the next shot. Focus on the next shot. When you hit a bad shot, what I always tell people is, or I ask them first, what do you do? A lot of them tell me, I'm oh, get ticked off, throw my club in my bag, go to the next shot, and I'm angry. Worst thing to do. Hit a bad shot, stop, take a breath, Take a practice swing, visualize the ball going where you want it to go, take that positive image with you to the next shot, and go from there. Do you believe in that?
3: I do. And, of course, the key to that, the real key to that is when you hit a big shot, is understanding what happened that made that shot bad. So when you do make that practice when you can correct it and get the feel of the shot you're trying to make.
2: And that goes with the physical perspective as well, Right.
4: Right. The more comfortable you are with your body and understanding how your body's working and what physical limitations you may have, the more that you can work through that and prevent it from happening at the wrong time.
2: I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. And today I've got two great guests in studio. Rob Shipman from the Shipman Golf Institute in Overland Park, Kansas at Milburn Country Club. Rob's been teaching golf for over 30 years. He's coached over 60 state champions. Sarah Stout is a Personal Instructor, Fitness Instructor, Titleist Performance Institute Fitness Instructor at the National Golf Club in Kansas City, Missouri. We're talking about the golf game. If you have a question for us, a comment about your golf game, you want to get started mentally, physically, whatever it might be, it's a great opportunity to give us a call. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
5: This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
0: The world of youth sports has grown tremendously in the last few years, and with that growth comes questions. What's the right age to let my child start playing? When should winning and losing become important? And how can the youth sports experience be fun? These questions and many more are addressed head-on in sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs' book, Just Let Him Play, guiding parents, coaches, and athletes through youth sports. Written with Major League Baseball pitcher Jeff Montgomery and Hall of Fame swimming coach Peter Malone, Just Let Him Play tackles the issues that make youth sports increasingly difficult for parents, coaches, officials, and especially kids. Just Let Him Play explains the importance of winning and losing, success and failure, and why it's okay when not every athlete gets a trophy. For more information and to get your copy of Just Let Him Play, go to winnersunlimited.com and click Products. That's winnersunlimited.com and click Products. One more time, for your copy of Just Let Him Play, Go to winnersunlimited.com and click products.
1: Donate stuff, create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council.
5: This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
2: Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. My guests in studio today are Sarah Stout, who is a Titleist Performance Institute fitness instructor. She has a master's in exercise science. She works with golfers at the National Golf Course in Kansas City. And Rob Shipman, who has been a golf pro for over 30 years, has coached 65 state champions. And both have a great knowledge of golf. Um, let, me, let me go from a little bit different perspective. Couples who play golf, how does that work? Not very well.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I mean golf golf is a sport you can play your whole life. I've known dozens and dozens of married couples who play together. Okay. Sometimes the wife is better than the husband. Mm-hmm. Okay. But how do you work with couples, Rob?
3: Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't know that I work with couples, but I just tell you from experience of being out in Melbourne that if you're a married couple and you hit a bad shot, the last thing you want is for your wife or husband to tell you what you did wrong on that shot.
2: Just remember that <laughs> because <laughs> they don't want to hear it.
3: they, 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 you know, they don't want to hear that.
2: <laughs> OK, so that, that brings up this whole issue of, of criticism, OK? You know, I, I've worked with golfers my whole 38 years in practice. And one of the things that I, I always hear from a lot of, especially the younger athletes, is when they hit a bad shot, somebody has an opinion on what they did wrong. And they don't want to hear it. They, they are not interested um, while they're playing. Sometimes it's their parents who are watching them play. Sometimes it's a, co, a co-player, playing partner. So as a pro, what do you, what do you say to them about that? How do you get them to try to... You know, we talk a lot about, in my profession, about visualization. You know, a few years ago, Jason Day was criticized during a telecast because he takes a few moments of 4 shot, closes his eyes, and visualizes the shot. And I can't remember who the commentator was, but he's saying, what is he doing out there? He needs to just get up and hit the ball. Well, then he got up and hit it and hit a great shot. And he talked afterwards about how he visualizes every shot. The importance of getting yourself relaxed and focused is so important, yet dealing with playing partners who are talking in your backswing dealing with parents who might be watching every shot the criticism so what do you what do you do rob to help them deal with
3: yeah that? and that stuff bothers you know some people more than others right there are some people who if a squirrel chatters in their backswing it's going to bother them and there are other people it doesn't bother at all so you got to realize who you're playing with and if that stuff bothers you you probably shouldn't be playing with that person
2: or what i always tell people <laughs> If you're playing with someone who's talking in your backswing or bothering you, say something to them. Yeah. Say, "Listen, I appreciate it when I'm when I'm taking my time to get ready to hit. Please be quiet, because I know a lot of people who like to talk to other people when they're playing to distract them.
3: And, and I get that. And it, and you know, in golf, I'd rather have a consistent noise than a a noise at, that's inconsistent. You know, I don't care if there's, like, say, traffic in my backswing, cars going by as long as it stays the same but if it's a different noise it might bother me but like i knew a, a golf pro a long time ago <clears throat> an older guy he used to say and this would be what you what can you think about andy is some people he thought were just kind of looking for a reason to hit a bad shot you know they hear something in their backswing, they hit a blat and then they they blame it and he's like that guy is looking for a reason to hit a bad shot he is not trying to hit a good shot. Well, so. it's
2: called excuses. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everybody's got an excuse. Sarah, you've got people who will complain to you about being tight or a pulled muscle, and then they go, well, I didn't stretch before I played. How often do you have to deal with that?
4: Uh, well, I think often enough.
2: Yeah, and people don't want to take the time to stretch. They just want to go up and hit the ball. Yeah, you'll hear it all the time. People will be like, I didn't even get loose till the 10th tee. Mm -hmm. Right? Well, whose fault's that? Well, you know, when we talk, I talk about four key words. I've talked about it for years on my shows. Preparation, focus, attitude, confidence, called PFAC. How you get mentally, physically, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually prepared to play. What you focus on while you're doing your task. What are the distractions that get in the way? What kind of attitude do you have? Is it a positive, negative, or I call it realistic, a positive, realistic attitude? And then that takes us to confidence. Which is the foundation of everything. So, I think if you have those things from a fitness perspective, from where you're coming from, Sarah, that's important. Because you've oh, got yeah. it, right?
4: Because I think, like, you know, with the practice and even the physical, the more comfortable you are with your body, the more comfortable you are with your movements, uh, the more you can do that muscle to mind memory, and uh, you'll be more confident, actually, when you get out.
2: One of the best golf books I've read is by a sports psychologist named Bob Rotella called Golf is Not a Game, but Perfect. And what he talks about in that book is what I've talked about for years. You're not going to be perfect. You want to hit the perfect shot. You have an expectation. You know, before every shot, take some time to physically get ready, but also visualize the shot. Take some time to see where you want it to go. Give yourself a target area. Aim for that. It doesn't have to be a perfect shot, but make it as close to perfect as possible in terms of your visualization. How do you feel about that?
3: I mean, perfect is, it, is just Ben Hogan, who arguably one of the greatest players and certainly one of the greatest ball strikers of all time. used to say he hit you know two or three perfect shots around, and that's that's Ben Hogan who hit it you know next to the hole
2: every time. But you can visualize it beforehand. That Absolutely. doesn't mean it's going to happen. That's my point. You want to see yourself hitting the shot you want to hit. Doesn't mean it's going to go exactly where you want it to go. But you want to have that image in your mind.
3: I would go. Even beyond that, if you can't see it, you're not going to hit it. I mean, if you can't see the shot, you're not going to hit it.
2: You know, I've, I, when I started getting involved in sports psychology in grad school in the 19, late 1970s, basically nobody had heard of sports psychology in this country. I know the program I was in at the California School of Professional Psychology when I got my PhD in 1981 was one of the first training programs in sports psychology in the country. Uh, when I moved back here to the Kansas City area to start working, I interviewed a lot of local colleges. One athletic director even said to me, I don't believe in hocus pocus and witchcraft. I was like, are you kidding me? Um, the mindset about the mental part of sports was so backwards. Now we're seeing 38 years later, it's talked about all the time. I believe when you have two athletes who are physically the same the they want the stronger, mind's gonna come out on top. Now you've coached kids, adults forever, but you have one story about a young lady who did not take that positive image from her lesson to the course. She would finish how?
3: Yeah, I won't I won't tell you her name. I don't, I don't think she'd mind, but I had this one le- girl I taught. She a uh, very good player. She uh, ended up playing for an SEC school in college. A very good player, very accomplished. But she did something that I had never seen before or since, and that is most people, when they're on the range hitting golf balls, they always want to hit a good one. They la- they want to leave on a good one. Everybody wants to hit. You know, be a lesson, be a guy hitting. He'll hit like 10 bad ones in a row. Uh, until he hits a good one, the lesson's not over. So I'm always like, God, please let me hit a good one. The
2: <laughs> you mean you <laughs> so, want him to leave?
3: <laughs> so I had this one girl who liked to hit on the range until she hit a bad one. And like one day she hit a bad one and was walking off. I'm like, you want to quit on that one? She goes, yeah, I like to hit on a, I like to end on a bad one. Like, why is that? And she said, Because I know I never hit two bad shots in a row, and I know the next time I come out my next shot's gonna be good. In her brain she had worked out a way to make sure she knew
2: she was gonna hit the next one good, which is opposite how most people do it. Uh it's opposite basically of how everybody does it. I right. you know, you told me that story years ago and I share that a lot. I think it's a it's a fascinating story because it worked for her. It did. So what you're saying is that, you know, mentally with the golf game there are so many things that are involved with this sarah you and rob deal with with different aspects but it's the same thing if you can go into a lesson or in a a, whether it's a golf lesson with you rob or a fitness lesson with you sarah the mindset becomes so important what are my expectations what are my goals for today what do i want to accomplish try not to overdo it try not to you know have these expectations that are unrealistic try to give yourself something you want to work on and go from there and set short-term goals. As we said as we started the show, the weather's changing. Everyone who plays golf is going to want to get out there and do it. It's a great opportunity now to do it. We're going to wrap things up. Rob, how can people get a hold of you if they want to reach you? Sarah, the same for you. We'll start with you, Sarah.
4: Um, okay. Well, um, I'm, I'm at the National Golf Club. You can also look up my site at uh, tbiexperts.com. Okay. And uh, look in the uh, for TPI certified professionals, uh, fitness level one, you can find me there.
2: And the National Golf Club in Kansas City, Missouri. Yes. Rob, what about you?
3: I'm at Melbourne Country Club. You can call Melbourne or you can email me at rob 3 at gmail.com. Just that sounds. Um, just kind of a play on words from my early days of being such a bad putter. A
2: uh, three putter. Okay, listen, I want to thank you both for coming in today. Great advice. I hope a lot of people pick up on this. and. Take some things from one I want to thank you both for being here today. Appreciate it. My
3: pleasure, Andy. Yep, thanks.
2: I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs here every week from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. You can reach me several ways. Our shows are podcasted here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. Also on my website, which is winnersunlimited.com. You can send me an email at drj at com. Follow me on Twitter at, at DRJ sports psych at drj. S P R T P S Y C H, And reach me at my office at 816- 561-5556 I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs Have a great week
0: You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour For more information, go to WinnersUnlimited.com Are you an athlete, competitor, or ordinary individual who wants to learn how to relax, build confidence, and think more positively? Then the 20 Minutes to Success series of digital downloads and audio CDs from sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs are perfect for you. 20 Minutes to Success will teach you techniques to help you succeed. Dr. Jacobs covers topics like deep breathing for better focus, confidence building, and positive visualization. The 20 Minutes to Success series includes programs for individual sports like swimming, running, tennis, and baseball. You can also target overall athletic performance or relaxation. For more information and to get 20 minutes to success on digital download or CD, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. That's winnersunlimited.com and click products. One more time, to get 20 minutes to success, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products.
7: Most of my family, they never graduated high school or even let alone go to college, so I'm trying to break that barrier. My daughter, Brooklyn, was also a motivation for me to go back to school. Every day after work, went straight to school, studied hard, and and it paid off.
8: At age 26, Kareem finished his high school diploma.
7: I could not have done it alone. I feel like if I didn't have anyone to push me, I wouldn't even bother to do it. I got one milestone down the drain, and now I got to work on the next. I see the future is really bright for me. I feel like it doesn't matter the age, as long as you go back and get it done. The high school diploma is just added to the confidence, and now I feel unstoppable.
8: No one gets a diploma alone. You have more support than you realize. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council.
2: We first opened about 10 years ago, we were we were small, just a few of us, but it was exciting. I always dreamt of having my own business. It was kind of slow at first, but things started picking up. We had big plans, but in our wildest dreams we never,
1: never thought we'd have this much work. Yeah, with so many businesses caught off guard by the storm, Reed Waste Management has never been busier.